welcome to Second Act Reinvention, a Sochcast original with me, Archana Datta. This is a podcast about women who have discovered their potential, pivoted in their careers, or found a new way to express themselves professionally at what is traditionally thought as a later stage in their life. I truly believe that there is no set timeline to your trajectory and through this series and the amazing women I interview, I will prove to you that your second act, your reinvention is still possible, even if the societal standards, it is quote unquote, too late. I am so pleased to introduce Nivedita Mishra. Thank you, Sochkas, for introducing me to very beautiful women who come on this seat to do the Sochkas Second Act Reinvention series. It is when I meet some incredible women like Nivedita today, whom I'm going to introduce to you. I feel, oh my goodness, women can do it when they decide to do it. So, Nivedita Mishra, welcome to the seat. Thank you. You've Lovely been a too. journalist, yes. a writer, yeah. a person who organizes healing events to be uh, a person who was writing a lot for NGOs and other people as well, to uh, now holding podcasting on the other side called Whips and Chains, a very beautiful space where um, people just speak what they are not supposed to speak. Yeah. So <laughs> all difficult conversations happen on her podcast. And I am compelled to get her here because she also has her entrepreneurship bit in between, um, also talks about a lot of patriarchy, which I also do, uh, talks about the stereotypes that women go through, and she doesn't mince her words. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to uh, start the conversation with you, Nivedita. I know sure. that I must have missed out something, so why don't you just introduce who you are? Well, um, see, uh, I think my journey of figuring out that this is not meant for me and this is meant for me uh, I think started very early in my childhood because I had a very difficult sort of childhood where I had to, um, you know, move around a lot and I changed nine schools and a lot of different, um, you know, places and there was boarding school and there was this one's house and that one's house. So I constantly learned to adapt myself and also figure out where I stand in different contexts, you know, very early. So um, I got to know, I think, and perhaps I was also uh, what you would call a highly sensitive person, an HSP. So I felt whether this is right for me and wrong for me in my body. Right. Oh, really? So um, I could tell very easily when I got into a space, is this a safe space for me or not? So um, whether it was the choices I made about the people I was with, the organizations I joined, the clients I chose to work for, wow. or, um, you know, the friends I have. I mean, I have evolved in a manner, I think, yeah. where I can very easily figure safe, not safe. And that has, I think, been the kind of criteria that has defined the choices I make. So it's very, um, I mean, I have had at, at one level a very conventional childhood and adulthood in the sense that, you know, I grew up, I got educated, I got then married, I've had kids, you know, my in-laws live with me. So, I mean, all those, you know, sort of parameters of 
what Indian women do and and you know what a married woman does and all of that has been done but in terms of what I've chosen to do um, life choices that has been like one to another to another led by instinct so that's pretty much actually this is the first time I'm hearing something like this so I'm just absorbing it by the way um, mm. and it's an incredible trait I have to say <laughs> because if we could all identify okay this is yeah. for me this is not for me and I could tick that box and not tick that box yeah. I mean I would be in a good space right yeah yeah but at the same time tell me I mean this is something that you had a little like you follow your yeah. kind of yeah. a thing yeah but I'm sure that everything didn't go your way no 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 not at all yeah so so there was um, I guess um, you know my my parents were not uh, happily married uh, so I was a child of divorce in and growing up as a child of divorce is tough uh, particularly in the Indian context and particularly when at a time where there are not so many of us right and there is um, a lot of sort of isolation in feeling that oh my god that what that friend and that friend and that friend and the uncle and auntie and together and happy families but I don't have that like my mom and dad are separate and I have to constantly cover up for that and apologize for that right yeah. uh, and there was also a feeling strangely that um, since I don't have any sibling I need to protect myself so I learned to become my own best friend very early in life so I would talk to myself in the mirror for hours, okay? I could just go into a room when there was some drama happening at home and I could just lock myself and look at myself in the mirror and say, don't worry kid, I got you, I'm there for you. And that whole act, I think, of being there for myself and saying, okay, you know, so I would whatever the situation is that's going on I would kind of say it out like you know so this is happening so that is happening and that is happening and then I would tell myself okay now that we have acknowledged what is happening what is it that you think you want to do and somehow that was a process whereby I think um, my guides and angels were very good to me so I got a lot of clarity mm. in being able to assess what are the choices that I want to make for myself. And then game plans also. That okay, so this is what you would want to do in the ideal situation, but this is not an ideal situation. This is what it is. So in this, what are your plan A, B and C? So I would always have three plans. So I'm never a, I'm never a person that has not had a plan. Wow. I always have two or three of them. Ideally... Never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> if it's going 50% my way, 30% to will do lungi. You know? Very good. Very so. inspiring. <laughs> I'm sure I'm looking forward to this podcast to know more of things I've never heard. And <laughs> rightly so, in your whips and chains, you talk about things people don't talk about yeah. or, you know, yeah. it's unheard yeah. of. Yeah. So it's great. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, so basically I started out as a journalist, as a TV journalist and it was literally because um, I had, um, I wanted to be a journalist, right? 
because I thought, you know, the TV boom was just happening and, you know, mass communication and all of that. And uh, I thought that, you know, journalism is a process whereby you present the truth to the world. Little knowing <laughs> that everyone and everything has its own agenda. But, you know, when you're young and 20 and all, you really think that there is such a thing as the absolute truth and the world is waiting for you to kind of present it. So um, I gave the exam for Jamia, cleared the exam, but not the interview. And you must know why I did not clear the interview okay. also. And my children laugh at me. They said, you can't, you, your self-worth is, was so trashed, mom. Because in the interview, they asked me after a lot of questions, which I answered well, they said, so what can you tell us about Nivedita? Hmm? And given, time. no, no, no. And given that I didn't think this Nivedita was at all important because I hadn't grown up knowing this Nivedita, right? She was never there, right? So I gave them a whole spiel about sister Nivedita, okay? And so I remember the lady saying, how did you know we were talking about sister Nivedita? We could have been talking about Nivedita Das. Then I got really triggered. I said, well, you didn't specify. And that was taken as rude. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's just the places you come out of are based you know, on, you know. So the thing is, honestly, at that time, so many years back, yeah. this question about who you are. You are. Never Nobody, existed, yeah. and especially to a woman, right? Yeah. Who are you? And to a kid. Yeah, to a kid. Who yeah. are you? I mean, I would say, yeah. I mean, you didn't do anything wrong. wrong and there's nothing yeah. to do with self-worth, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Okay, so you did a good job, I think. <laughs> <laughs> to all the kids who feel that uh, the self-worth was missing for mom, I would yeah. say that, um, you know, we, we just did not know enough. Yeah, we did not know enough. Yeah, yeah. we did not know enough. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So then, you know, we literally, I mean, I went to the India Today uh, office and the news track office and said, do you have a job for graduates? And they said, you want to be a researcher? I'm like, that's what I want to be. You okay. know? And yeah. it was literally that. And then, you know, learned on the job. We thought that we were very privileged that we were working four nights a week and sleeping on edit tables and going home the fifth day carrying toothbrush in the bag. We thought, oh, wow, we are the chosen ones. Yeah. You know, we have arrived. Yeah, we've arrived, you know. We are, we're chosen to work double shifts and all the time and all of that. And we really took that. Mm. I mean, work was life. Yeah. There was no concept of, you know, boundaries and chebje ke baad call mat karna and it's only, you know, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and after that, you know, it was all like you were, mm. that's who you were. So, so we made the best friends within our work circle. In fact, right. you know, when Matthew Perry died, you know, we were, you know, I was, um, you know, talking to my friend uh, Abhinandan now who heads News Laundry. We were talking about, I mean, our group, our cohort was like friends because we were living, eating, breathing together, you know, day in, day out. We didn't know any other, we were, mm. we were family for each other. Right. So, you know, that went on um, for, you know, a few years. And then when we were given the choice that you either stick on and do Hindi daily news or you quit, you know, because English programming ain't getting the TRPs. Um, we all chose to quit and go our separate ways. And then 
um i did a series of travel films for discovery channel it was a series called discover india um so little films on unusual aspects of india little known facts about india so that was a great thing which got me to travel yeah. in different places cover mm-hmm. you know different places and then you know then edit in one go so it was a nice mix of mm-hmm. traveling and being uh, stationed in one place um but then uh, there was a decision to have a child by and that time you were married yes okay yes by that time i was married but before i was married there was a period of um where uh, my husband to be and i um we chose to live together uh, that time that time yes this one's really bold <laughs> yeah okay um that's because i was very clear that i did not want to end up with a person that i did not want to spend the rest of And my life with what happened with. fast forward today is the decision sane still it's been 27 years so it's <laughs> yeah so yeah but you know i think again um you know we we chose or rather i chose to do that because i came from a past where i had seen my parents marriage not work out so i was clear that if i have to mess up i would rather do it without a commitment than make that kind of commitment and then you know god help if there's a kid out of that marriage and you know do an action replay and pass on oh. sort of trauma mm. so that was a very clear decision it was very hard on mm. my family um extremely hard on my dad uh, per se and uh, but i think he at some level realized that i needed to do this you know mm. um and so uh, i have been in a space where we live together then we got engaged formally uh, no sorry we live together then we got married at a temple literally a temple wedding with nobody but him and i and a priest <laughs> on a sunday morning then one year later after that wedding we got engaged formally then one year later we got married formally so <laughs> there was a and then many many years later there was a registered wedding wow you know so i mean i've been married and married and married to the same guy so <laughs> what was your gut telling you at that time <laughs> so boring. <laughs> wow, that's not good good answer. Good answer. <laughs> okay, great. So boring is this habit. <laughs> well, I mean a person yeah. who could just say okay, this is tick in the box or not yeah. Uh, yeah. to being with the same man for 27 years definitely yeah. something yeah. must be right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I've kind of I think felt my way through through life. So um the decision so yeah so um so then strangely enough when um, discovery sort of had to end abruptly because i got pregnant and at 3 months um i miscarried so that was my first um experience of actually uh, what losing a baby feels like you know baby loss is I think not something that we discuss we are not comfortable with talking about 
and society yeah. generally tries to gaslight women who you know you've never been a mother you know so when you miscarry it's i mean i had no plans on getting pregnant i got pregnant accidentally you know and i said okay fine all right you know let's get on with it i was 26 years old mm. and you know so the the guy and he said you know you have a choice you can keep it or leave it i said but why, why would i leave it now i mean it's it's the right time so I may as well go for it but then again when the when the day i fin- i completed 3 months i miscarried and um you know archana i was bleeding through the night and when i called my doctor she said oh you can't come now come in the morning and i ask myself today again and again and again why did she say that and why did i agree why were my why was my sense of self and self preservation not strong enough to say what the hell is she saying why didn't i go to an emergency why didn't my husband rush me there you know the doctor said come in the morning and i just bled through the night hello yeah you know then why would she do that i have no clue i have absolutely no clue and and imagine i went back to the same doctor for my kid <laughs> you know I mean no, I think that's why I said we didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. There was nothing spoken. Yeah. There was no discussions. Yeah. There was nothing like this will happen. I also yeah. remember my water bag going and I didn't know what was happening to me. Yeah. And when I called the doctor she says, "Oh, you just rush here." Yeah. That was the only thing. But what the hell is going on with me? You know, yeah. what is this new yeah. mucky thing coming yeah. out? Yeah. And nobody knew and like yeah, I mean, nobody would speak. These conversations were not had, not spoken about. older women never talked about it you know ab ha wo theek ho jayega matlab theek kaise hoga yaar you know so after that my whole soul purpose became to get pregnant and have a baby successfully after the miscarriage you know so then i ended up working looking after communications for an ngo which dealt in reproductive health very um, you know it was again i think the universe conspiring mm. um so yeah, we, nice. so we were uh, in fact doing these projects um in rajasthan and orissa talking about contraception and sterilization to people in rural uh, landscapes so you can imagine how uh, you know amazingly interesting it was for someone with a journalist background you know going to Rajasthan and talking to the rural folk and you know mm. so we had like i remember for the communication campaign we had invented these two characters called muchhad and lugai you know <laughs> so that and you know we were talking about sexuality and reproductive health uh, through muchhad and lugai and and they used to be so there were these three departments there was clinics there was reproductive health and practices and there was the uh social marketing arm of the organization and i was coordinating between all three of them and reporting to the md okay and um, so we used to get stories from everywhere mm. and there were these you know the clinics ladies told me the nurses that you know in rajasthan the mother in law decides how often the couple can have sex Achoo. and yeah so the mother in law takes the the bahu for to the <coughs> clinic Uh, to decide what form of contraception hoga and you know whether it will be a condom or iud or whatever 
and uh, you know there, there's a lot of resistance to put the copper tea right so this nurse i remember once was telling uh, a story about how the mother in law came and said ki wo lagaya tha but you know then even despite that the baby was born holding the copper tea in its hand <laughs> it was very very uh, very interesting uh, thing but then again when i had my kid uh, i had to leave the job because there was a lot of travel again involved and then we moved to the mm-hmm. suburbs um so then of course um i thought i need to keep my brain working and i had one kid and two dogs so i was like this mother india figure that, that you know? was quite yeah. a bit of a brain by yeah, the way yeah yeah <laughs> figuring out how to maneuver and manage yeah everybody. yeah so um then we moved to the suburbs and then i said that i want to do anything for anyone that involves writing and my brain and so this was a time when work from home definitely did not exist of course not you know in india i mean it's really come into its own i think post covid definitely but before that work from home or working remotely was really something that was hmm. looked down on yeah, right of course and uh, particularly for women and um, young women it was not the plan you had to be seen you had to be heard you had to be doing your number outside office hours also to be getting the promotions and to be mm. getting the you know visibility which of course you know when you're committed to a family life and when you're committed to rearing children on your own that's not a possibility yeah, right for sure so i was doing a lot of writing and ghost writing for for publishing houses i was writing scripts for a lot of you know um international development agencies and mm. you know, documentaries mm. and stuff like that um but you know when i reached 32 and by then i had had both my kids i went through a sort of existential crisis which is um that's no that's because uh when i was a kid and people would ask me ki beta when you grow up what do you want to do um i used to always say i want to grow up i want to get married i want to have a house a family two kids and two dogs same Th- by 32 ho gaya tha <laughs> yeah. right same same right same. so i so, wanted to be the best wife ever. yeah 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 <laughs> so all of that you know the bollywood drama or you know the yeah, fairy tale nonsense in our heads right so so all of that um so by 32 when i had my son and i was like okay now what So then I said ki now to figure out now what is my story first of all I have to figure out who am I wo to pata hi nahi humko you know yeah but somebody so, as bold as you who was yeah. such a deal breaker would say for women at that time how did you not know somebody like other see I knew again I knew all the things that I did not want to do okay but what I did want to do mm. not so much I knew how I wanted to figure hmm. out what I want to do but I didn't know what it was that I want to do right I mean what is the thing that I want to commit to ab dekho itna sab kuch kar var ke I had already committed to one guy na for so long <laughs> so that I was sure ki acha 
this is the one then i had the children so whether it's going to be one whether it's going to be two all of that that was again a commitment but the place where i really felt belonging see i have this thing that if someone tries to pin me down i can't be pinned down it has to come from within you know so there's that mm, that I rebellious thing in me so if yeah. someone says like this is it and that's it then mm. you've lost me there mm-hmm. so then i decided i needed to really deep down go into healing and discover who am i right i mean it is a it is a process of going inwards rather than outwards so for me it wasn't that degree from outside that i needed it was a inner validation so right. for me life has never been about i don't care who what others think of me i only care about what i think of me but doesn't so, that come from what our external environment is also um generally for other people yes like you know people get uh, they want to be seen in the best homes and the best cars and with the best people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the gucci bag and the birkenstock or whatever it is i mean that defines who they are but for me it's immaterial i mean i'd be happy in a cave one day i'd be happy sitting with some politician another day i'd be happy with a film star the third it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me but it matters what i am feeling like i said is this safe is this safe is this safe for me does it resonate with me then that's the magic mm. so if i'm not feeling comfortable in my body yeah doesn't matter what what the trappings are yeah. externally i hear you so mm. so i kind of that's been that's been uh, i think my liberation and a bit of a oops what am i going to feel here kind of thing mm, so you. then i put myself through a lot of retreats and seminars and mm. you know workshops and i did reiki and pranic healing and nlp and i mean a whole host of sort of um therapies workshops retreats and i met a lot of very very interesting profound knowledgeable people i met my guru at that point um, swami ved bharti who belongs to the himalayan yoga tradition um i he is no longer around but i mean he i've had a very different sort of uh, relationship and, and and dealing with him but i also assisted dr paula horan who was an american psychologist on reiki master the lady who got reiki to india mm. in the late 80s so i assisted her um for a few years and uh, you know helped with her writing her events her retreats um and it gave me a lot of insights um oh. into um you know the self the journey to self uh from advaita vedanta to tibetan buddhism and a little bit of tantric practices to again like i said the himalayan school of you know yoga and meditation um and to very many new age um sort of uh conceptual things you know like uh, eft and uh, uh pranic and um 
all of these so uh, it's a i think the journey into self mm. involves a lot of hard work because you can't carry your masks inside you can wear them outside but you know you can bullshit the world but you can't bullshit yourself Absolutely. right so there were times where i mean of course i have experienced but i have also seen people from all different walks of life mm. different stages different professions different um contexts you know someone unwell with a physical illness mental illness financial disaster someone's problem with a parent someone with a spouse someone with a child you know all of these people from completely different realms all come together for that retreat for that healing and spending you know four days together five days together doing these very intimate um, sort of sessions together and then so much coming up for each one of course you know and so it's and as you know that because you you know you've done some of these retreats yourself yes. and you organize them so you know how cathartic it can be if you go in with that openness yes. right yeah but if you're just there because it's just one certificate you want at the end of it then you may as well not yes. bother about it right yeah. so true so yeah so it's um so you know it was all of that but then what happened after about 7 or 8 years of of doing all of that is that it started it did take a lot out of me mm-hmm. right there was a lot of um inner realm outer realm uh, sort of some of it marinated well but some of it took a toll because i was so busy healing other people there was no time left for myself mm. you understand and i had small children i had a family and my mother was getting quite unwell and i had to um move houses and move her also close to me so suddenly i found myself figuring out more about reality <laughs> literally than healing and when it came to that and i was running around with property dealers figuring out which flat is good for her which flat is good for me because i was spending my time doing reality right that is so, also yes. required no no that is also required but the 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 sort of the energy that i that i did give to my healing work and right. and all of that i could not give because i was doing reality then i i couldn't make a sham of one you know so for for me yeah. when i'm in something i'm in it i'm you've got me 100% and when i when i feel okay i'm doing 70% that's not me sure. so i would rather then step back and just you know so i that i started feeling that i was being unsafe for others because in the middle of a session if i'm looking at my phone and saying okay the property dealer is calling mm. then i'm letting you down you know so i did not want to be that person i want so, to ask you here yeah. something so this is not a very peculiar case of you feeling that if you're doing your 100% i think women in general task themselves to be 100% 100% mother 100% wife 100% colleague 100% whatever why do you think that happens okay so i think um this 100% conditioning comes from a very 
subconscious uh, and rather unconscious past you know that is handed down to women generation after generation because we are told at the earliest level that we are the caregivers you know we are the creators we are the nurturers we are the caregivers so for the caregiver the the baseline is always available always available and fully there is the baseline and on this baseline men build themselves you know yeah so i find honestly and maybe you have noticed that too since you also have a girl and a boy and as a mom you would have given exactly the same to your daughter and to your son but you will find that men the best of them they have a certain baseline entitlement hmm. which is which inherent is yeah it's and not given yeah how? how i didn't give it yeah, to yeah exactly son. yeah it's there but it's there yeah right so like strange. even if a boy and a girl throw their clothes on the floor you tell them both you know mm. pick that up the girl will pick it up quicker and just deal with it or even if she doesn't pick it up there'll be a certain sense of i know i'm not doing this right yeah but the boy doesn't care yeah yeah it, it's true. yeah yeah so it's it then how does that happen because we were not aware of it but we as aware parents yeah at least do not make the differentiation yeah, we do not make that distinction so then how is it still i'm still figuring out i'm figuring it out too <laughs> we are we, we are all figuring it out how does that we are, we are all figuring it out and in fact uh, i i you know i tell girls of the next generation that you better ensure that this part is fixed before you commit with the guy you know because you know we as i don't know whether you've heard julia roberts's uh, very famous quote that you know we don't marry men to repair them we are not like you know they 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 fixers huh. but our generation married men to repair them right we kind of <laughs> were this you know ye 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 phatti chadar hai hum hum silai karke isko theek karenge kind of people but the next generation's not going to do that so um, actually i hope so yeah See the thing is that I do see a difference. Yes, I do see difference. our younger girls voicing certain things out. They yeah. will question it. So why would you do? In in fact even Karwach all why are yeah. you keeping? Why is dad not keeping? Why this should even exist? Yeah. Why are you giving importance to some other life? But there are millions of them still doing it. Yeah. You yeah. know the younger generation is still doing still it. Doing so it. there are at least questions but I'm not sure if they will be able to also 100% repair. No, I I don't think it's a 100%. I don't think I mean 100% is being too ambitious. I think every generation will be a little better and a little a better. Little better yeah. So we can we can hope for incremental changes mm-hmm. and just the awareness that there was something problematic. And you know even these I think these these patriarchal setups that were made and and created by yeah. society all along hmm. they were in a very historical context right hmm. there was a historical context ki aisa hua tha why you can't deny history hmm. but you can see where it has gone wrong hmm. what it led to hmm. and you can try to bridge that gap hmm. so i mean education and awareness and particularly self awareness 
is about sure. recognizing what doesn't suit me anymore right what doesn't suit society anymore mm. you know mm. and working on bridging those gaps but i yeah. think you know a lot of problems start happening now in 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 the new age of of women and men when we look at sort of gender identities in a very very sort of binary way you know i think this lgbtqa whole you know ideology is good and it's it's i'm glad that it's it's come up but i think you know we don't need to look for so many labels if we just recognize that we are all human yeah you know absolutely you know so absolutely 100% human beings no matter what our identity is there is a certain baseline of kindness and consideration and um each yeah. one doing their own thing without trying to monopolize or manipulate or you know create this whole coercive control thing around you know the the battle of sexes yeah. right it doesn't have to be something that you know you're controlling someone yeah or my you line know. stops here and yeah, your starts exactly. there and yeah. you know there is yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely you know, we talk so, about equality but yeah. to be honest i you know we we have the voice for the women and yeah. we both are working towards right. women right yeah. but at the same time i also feel that men are suffering this time because absolutely uh i think a lot of women have figured out that this is what i'm not going to do but i think men have men not, not fi- still yes, yes given that choice to say hey i'm not going to be the breadwinner anymore yeah you know that responsibility is still lying with them and um, again conditioning nobody's conditioning. teaching them nobody's you know, teaching them again yeah. from the boy and the girl perspective we can see the boys are so much more ambitious about you know yeah. girls want to do good work and earn good money but the men have a different the young boys yeah yeah and the and the need to fix things you yeah. know that the men are conditioned that you have to fix it mm. you know and whereas women don't need to be fixed right but again and i often ask myself this question that if we didn't have you know men who took care of us in 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 the worldly sense would we be comfortable would we be comfortable to be the primary breadwinners and have men at home being the primary caregivers would we be comfortable are we ready for that mm. i don't think our generation is yeah. okay is the next generation ready for that mm. and what is the price that they're going to pay for it because see every choice yeah there's a backlash to that absolutely, right absolutely yeah. you can't have absolutely. it all right there is yeah. there is actually no such thing as yeah. having it all every right. everything is on the spectrum mm. it's not just gender right your sense of being protected and safe and you know feeling oh you know i've got this comfortable home and you know i've I, i'm doing my thing and i'm mm. guys need that too right you yeah. know absolutely yeah absolutely and guys need that too and more yeah. yeah so it's it's a very peculiar thing this yeah. whole um you know turning around of of this patriarchy misogyny feminism 
you know, all these conversations that are coming up are actually very interesting mm. to see if you turn the lens to yourself constantly. You know, I mean, I I find that a very interesting thing to do, in fact, because, you know, while we are parents and we are, you know, professionals or, you know, however we see ourselves socially, but internally, what is happening? You know, internally, how comfortable are we with saying, okay, let's just do away with this man-woman thing and let's, you know, all of us now freelance. Now, you know, if you see that tomorrow, if if you imagine your children um, both having freelance careers, their spouses having freelance careers, so you don't know where the, you know, concretely the bread and butter is coming from. Some months may be good, some months may be terrible, you know. Um, there are no children to be had because, <laughs> I course. mean, they don't even want to keep a dog. Because they want to yeah. keep a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want to keep a dog and a cat and a dog and a cat. But definitely Who's they don't want to have children. Have yeah, but then, and again, the thing of being responsible, mm-hmm. you know, Purane Zamane mein, the whole structure of responsibility was very clearly worked out. Yeah. Man outside, woman inside. Men did not interfere in the woman's space. Women did not interfere in the men's space. And while there were many things wrong with that system, but there, were many there was right. many things right with that yeah. system. Right? Yeah. There were many things right with that mm. system. So, when I tell you about... I think what lacked was that respect for women. Absolutely. And that is the reason for everything today turning backwards because yeah. if it was a 50-50% yeah. kind of a thing, I, I take care of these things, you take care of that things. But only because you're earning money doesn't make you the yeah. person to have a voice and yeah. to decide. And I think that's where the issue was. Otherwise, yeah. I think it was very beautifully defined and everything yeah. else. Yeah. So again, respect for women is also a very, like I have thought about this long and hard, is also a difficult topic because women as nurturers women as Mm. the first influencers of men Mm. unless women respect women how can the men respect women okay and again when we go back to our unconscious conditioning society has set women against women absolutely so therefore there is this mother-in-law daughter-in-law culture yeah right you know Mm. which so as the mother of a son you are very different. But you want your daughter to have the ideal husband who will support her in everything. But when it comes to the son, you want him to still listen to you. Right? Yeah. How can how can both parts uh, coexist? Right? Hmm. So, so I want to ask you, so I, I hear that you have reinvented so many times, right? Also being a woman um, and being uh, a mother for two, and having a very patriarchal upbringing and I'm sure a kind of a patriarchal husband in some ways uh, how was it taken of your so many different avatars how was how it? how has he taken to it how is the family and, uh, um I think actually strangely or uh, happily 
my family has always been uh, my husband has been very supportive of me um and let me be actually he realized very early i think that this is a person who needs to have her own process so um yes there have been sort of uh, moments where he is not sure like are you for sure are you sure you want to like leave your 2 year old and go off on a retreat are you sure i was like yes i'm sure you can handle this <laughs> that's a that's a great strategy i have to say never thought of that but yeah. but how did you deal with being that guilty mother um actually i i suppose that um because so much had happened in my childhood right um i felt that if i did not do this if i did not take that time for myself mm. uh i would possibly not be able to be the mother i wanted to be for my kids and i realized this very early so when my kids the first time i went on retreat uh, with paula was when i when my son was 2 and my daughter was 6 my son was 2 and i sat both of them down and i said that you know the way everyone has a job profile i use this word everyone has a job profile there's a things to do your job profile is going to school coming back you know the the, wow. the, the, the good one <laughs> and i told my son this also okay and i said so mama's job profile is sometimes she has to go and come back that does not mean mama doesn't love you and mama is not there for you and mama is not everything but there are sometimes the job profile involves mama going away you know and it only means that when mama comes back there's a lot more love that mama has because those five days she's just been saving it you know so you will just get a whole lot of that so i always came back with treats for them and whatever so as they grew up they were kind of looking forward to you know when <laughs> is course. the next time you are actually going and they found that that space of of when i wasn't there they also found that they could break little rules they could do you know so they found that good creativity getaway. yeah good yeah. when she's we can do this you know we can the job profile change the, yeah <laughs> we can do the perks of the you know thingy you know nice. so um uh, i i i remember this particular incident uh, you know before i did this when my son was 2 and i you know whole day i had been with him and he mm. just you know it one of those days when the kids are really cranky and crying and crying and crying so at around 6 o'clock i put on my walking shoes and he was like mama dolly dolly i was like no i'm going to go for a walk and i don't care you just cry you know i i told the maid i just need to go so i walked around and i came back in half an hour so i took off my shoes and i was sitting there and then he came very very determined you know and he put his little feet in those shoes and he says aur ab main walk ke liye ja raha hu aur tum baith ke loge and up and down he stomped wearing my sneakers and feeling so happy and i just did this little yeah, play so act for me crying and oh, my baby has gone my baby has gone and he was so delighted because that was like instant therapy for him you know Wow. He didn't have to wait for thirty years to sit on a psychiatrist's couch and say, "Oh, my mother <laughs> abandoned me." He got his revenge right there. I did this whole play acting, and 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 we were friends. You know, we were done. 
Very good. Yeah, I can see that uh, the mother in you uh, <laughs> was very determined that I'm not going to give in and I'm not going to yeah, feel so, guilty, which so. is good. I mean, not many experience this. I I had a similar trajectory, but when my kids were a bit older, mm-hmm. and I would always uh, take my time out, go for my spiritual retreats, or that was my only getaway. Yeah. Otherwise, to just say, okay, I'm going out with friends for four days for having fun, that still yeah. wasn't that acceptable, I would yeah. say. So the only time that you could actually, without guilt, I could yeah. take time off was when I went four days, switched off my phone to say, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. I need this time out. But I came back much, much more giving, much more yes. loving, much yes. more nourishing. And yeah. I thought that that was great. And very few women could do it. And even when women were there, you know, this typical thing that I am allowed to come. Yes. You know, was something that always yeah, yeah, hit yeah, me to yeah. say, I only inform. Yeah, exactly. I don't ask for permission. Yeah. And I thought that, okay, maybe, you know, women like us need to be very um, lucky or privileged that we, we are not asking for permission. Yeah. So this permission, I think we like to project it on the men. Mm. But I think it's permission we give ourselves. Yeah, you that's know? also true. I, I think yeah, generally, true. if you ask women, they'll say, oh, like, you know, even our parents' generation, they talk about this. Mm. Were you allowed? You're so lucky. Your husband is allowing yeah, you. Correct. He has given you permission. But I think it's actually, it's a, a way that we gaslight ourselves. Mm. And then we project it on the men and say, iska kya hoga? Ghar ka kya hoga? Bacho ka kya hoga? Sab kuchhi ka kuch nahi hoga. They'll all be very happy. But it's the thing that you whip yourself with. That's why whips and chains. Okay, yeah, let's come to whips and chains now. Okay. Okay, so you started this whole podcast series. We met. Yes. Um, I didn't think that time you were talking about the podcast. You were talking more about just getting back and bouncing back and doing something meaningful. And then whips and chains came. So I'm very excited that you finally did something that is very close to your heart is speaking yeah. without any filter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what is that journey like right now? Are people really talking about unfiltered stuff? Do you have guests like that? Yes, I do. Um, Whips and Chains is um, a space where people are actually willing, I think, to share things that they have not spoken openly about. So, it is difficult conversations even with ourselves actually because while a lot is going on in our lives if you if you just think of the normal everyday life even without some real big yeah. drama ki divorce yeah. or trafficking or you know yeah. sort of any other great tragedy there's enough in our day to day existence and especially when we navigate this world of social media which didn't exist in our time Absolutely. And these kids are sort of growing up and they live in two worlds. One is the real world, but their actual lives are on social media. So their interactions, their self-worth, their social image, how they gauge others' perceptions are all coming from a space literally doesn't exist mm. <laughs> you know it's yeah. it's strange because see we have built our foundations in the very real world mm. they are building their foundations in the virtual world yeah 
so virtual world means that you can be interacting with people claiming to be anything you don't really know what the truth is right. so the kind of pressure that that creates and the kind of filters uh, that that creates is very complex for people like us hmm. you know the dal chawal aata achar paratha kind of people that we are and we have grown up in those sort of hmm. dynamics where everything was very real hmm. you fell in love real time actual time with bloody archie's greeting cards and teddy bears you know <laughs> they fall in love and break up with emojis i mean really yeah, you know i mean they can get head messed and they can get screwed up i just you know learned recently of a couple who um, got married before covid they couldn't stay together uh, through covid because of the separation after covid when they started living together they found that they were a disaster together and the woman discovered that she was a man in a woman's body and now not only are they going through divorce she's going through a sex change i cannot even think of such a possibility in in our time you know yeah but absolutely. but but these are the times that we are the complex very complex issues that are coming up you know you have 12 year olds who are sort of you know sending pictures uh, nude pictures on the internet i mean is this crazy or is this crazy yeah you know so the way we look at things has to change the, the conversations have to be more open they have to be more real more unfiltered we have to speak to our kids as independent beings not people that we control yeah i think uh, that is a very conscious choice again um not being a parent yeah. but being somebody who is in the journey with them yeah as absolutely a, as just a co-passenger or a co-traveler yeah, yeah, yeah. co yeah. right yeah i think that transition is still going to take time to come yeah. Yeah. because somewhere we have to take off that hat yeah. always because yeah. that's what our conditioning is right absolutely of controlling, controlling. of deciding of like you know yeah. but the yeah. kids of today don't want to listen don't want to yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was very heartwarming conversation i want you to at least say some things from your life for women who are listening um to us today oh. about reinvention about breaking their norms about speaking unfiltered about just being themselves Well um what has always worked uh, for me is to be in touch with your inner reader because whatever you may say to the world and whatever filters you may have for the world your inner reader is always there to guide you and there is a lot of true and false that you can feel if you tune into your body your body is always trying to tell you things yeah. about what is going on which is true and um you know in this in this world of 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 social media and addiction to devices we are so tuned out of our bodies we are so tuned out of you know our feelings and we are so scared to feel what we feel so i would say that whether it is um reinvention or assessment of where you are and what you're doing and what feels right and what doesn't feel right um i would really say that have your inner radar on um give yourself time 
to be without devices and really tune in, you know, go for a walk in nature, be quiet, um, feel the difficulty, feel the emotions that are coming up and really um, yeah. know that you are your own best friend, but you have to make time for yourself. Thank you. That was a very interesting, I think it was one of the most um, heart-to-heart conversation, <laughs> I have to say, from a person whom I'm really in admiration of because um, I think I'm learning every day from you. <laughs> likewise, likewise. How, how to just be oneself. So thank you, Nivedita. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Sochcast, the reinvention series. <laughs> This has been Second Act Reinvention, a Sochcast original with me, Archana Datta. This episode was edited by Bharat Arora, produced by Kiran Vatwani and shot at our very own Second Act Studios. We have loved putting this content together, this show together for you listeners and would love to be in touch. Find me or Sochcast on social media and do share your thoughts. I'll be back soon with yet another amazing story with another amazing woman who has reinvented herself. Till then, remember, it's never too late for your second act. And thanks for listening. Sochcast